Recorded live. Do you think they're ever going to replace him with something else? <laughs> Probably not. It, I would Hi, miss him. He lives, he lives in my head. Um, this is Lisa with Charismatic Woman, and we are on week three of LOA Ask Kissing. Before Ask Kissing, I did it again. <laughs> before we get started, we're going to review week two to see how we did. Um, we have a short group on the call today, so we may breeze through this material even more quickly. How are you guys doing with the rules of the road, managing your space, your basic self-care, the way you look during the day? Are you doing good with that, feeling good about that? Can you ask me first? Because I didn't catch who you asked. I'm asking you. There you go. Oh, oh good. I can go first. Um well, it took me a while to figure out something in the morning that really would turn my crank. So uh, the passion fruit thing worked awesome until I ran out of passion fruits and didn't have a chance to go to the store because I got kind of piggy and I ate three of them in one sitting. <laughs> um, but that was nice. The other thing I've been doing is I have been, and you might remember this, Lisa. I don't know if anybody else knows or cares. I did the I'm not going to set my alarm clock anymore. I can wake up when I want to. And I'm going to go for my walk. And nothing, those are my two I'm going to do those things. And I've been doing them every morning. And it really sets my whole day up for success. It really does. And I love it. So there you go. It worked great. Nice. How about your cover story? Oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about my cover story. I totally forgot. As you mention it now, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So not very well. All right. And how about, we talked about the social media thing before we started the call. Um, so I know how you're doing with your social voyeurism. Um, excellent. All right, Nikki, how about you? You know what, as we talked about like the social media, that was one of the things that you know I had vowed to do. And so normally I would wake up and head straight to my phone and, and start reading things, notifications, and all of this. But since I eliminated that, it's just giving me just a lot of time to be really peaceful in the morning. Still not a morning person, but just starting the day without being bombarded with messages, emails, and, and texts and whatnot, it's just been really gratifying for me. And um, so I would just start my mornings with that, and then just taking just like nice warm baths and just relaxing. That has helped a lot. It's interesting how the social media thing and the morning thing are tied together, and they're tied together for me, too. Like, I quit keeping my laptop in my room, Mm -hmm. but I still have my phone in my room, and that may be the next step, is to charge my phone in my office and and not, yeah, that may be next. Have you done the, at minimum, have you done the uh, VIP blocked caller list on your phone? Oh, I haven't. It doesn't send you anything. Like you can still keep it in your room, use it for an alarm clock, but you can limit it to only emergency calls between a certain time and a certain time. So I put my phone away early, like around 8 o'clock, and then I don't let it send me anything until 8 a.m. again. So unless you're on my emergency VIP list, my mom, my brother, my children, my husband, you can't contact me. I've even set my, my work email to not come through till 8 o'clock in the morning. Wow. I'm very is that an iPhone feature? 
It's an iPhone feature. I will have to look into that. Yeah, I Excellent. think it's called I'm, Do Not Desert, Disturb. Wow. I will look into that. I like the sound of that. Um, in fact, I'm, yeah, I'm making myself a note to look at it now. I think, and that would make it easier for me, I think, because I mean, there's a part of me that does keep my phone beside my bed with some notion that, oh my goodness, if my mom or my kid called, I would want it there. But being able to screen who that might be, that would make it a lot easier. Okay. Okay, Nikki, how did you do? I know how you did with your morning stuff because you talked about that a little bit. You were an inspiration for me in the chat group. How did you do with your cover story? You know what? I didn't do really well with my cover story. So, um, you know, it's, I don't know. I think maybe like I saw the email that you had sent out today about just trying and you know, getting back on the on the wagon again, and kind of every time we've been falling from our stories. But it's like I've always been doing that, and so this time I think I'm having longer. Um, periods where I don't have to, you know, fall off the wagon. I'm still sticking with the cover story. So I think with my cover story, since it's basically my mantra about being, you know, free-spirited and and just relaxed and, and chill and not worrying about this, not worrying about that, it's been really, it's been really helpful for me. So the pop quiz, and it's going to fall on your shoulders. The pop quiz was, did you read the article about the pocket litter? Jeanette's blog post about pocket litter. I've read it before. Yeah, I've read it before. When she initially posted that, yeah, I read all her stuff. So what pocket litter do you have that supports your cover story? You know, I have everything in my little dingy bag, and so basically just all my, like I have a little journal that has all my creative stuff in there. So I have that, and then I have creative books on my phone. And I have like prosperity and like investment books in my in my you know my little dingy bag. So it's small that you know it's not bulky, but it's it's you know large enough where I can still put my pocket letter in there because I don't have pockets really, you know. My pants where I can fit anything substantial, so I have that. So you know, since I'm like a creative like you know person designing things, I have those things in my handbag. And I also wear my creative like on my wrist and stuff. So yeah, I got that. I got that. You're set with pocket litter. So what do you think your cover story is going to be, Leah? Did you find one that speaks to you? Um, you know, I never – I wrote it as – I'm looking on my computer right now. I can see that I had it written down, and I never even gave it a second thought. Because, you know, when you have to do it from the point of integrity. Um, so uh, I didn't come up with any pocket litter or anything. I just – yeah, because I totally bonked on it. So no – you know, it's. I am inclined, and I mean, really, just on emails I've gotten, I am inclined to say then that Nikki gets a gold star, double gold star, um, <laughs> and we're we're going to put it on hold and repeat week two before we move on to week three. So we'll cover week three material next week. But I kind of want to use this time to talk about just a little bit, which we touch on in week three, is. Um, vibrational set points and vibration whiplash. Um, And I think that's important to note right about now because I think that um, I had a pretty massive case of vibration whiplash this last week. 
And when I really sat down and asked myself the question, like, holy fucking shit, what happened here? How did this, how did everything get so far off track? I think a lot of it does have to do with that vibrational set point issue, where as we're intentionally working our set point on any one issue, and I don't really think there's lots of different issues. I mean, there's one dominant vibration. So as the dominant vibration goes up, and the limits of the set point start getting kind of pushed and batted a little bit, that it's 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 not uncommon to experience some sort of vibrational thud. Some experience brings your vibration back into the ranges of norm rather than above that set point. Mm-hmm. And knowing what it is, not necessarily knowing to expect it, but knowing what it is is helpful. At least it was helpful for me this last week when I was laying on my side, staring straight ahead in bed, going, oh my God, I kind of want to just fall into the earth. That This is probably a vibration set point adjustment experience. I mean, have you guys experienced sort of the hitting the set point and maybe even some form of vibrational whiplash? Hmm. I know I have. I don't know if I would mm-hmm. describe it that way. But uh, and it happens to me that I just will all of a sudden hit a... I always I envision it more like hitting the trough. And when you hit the trough, it's like, um, it's like the reverse Mexican speed bump. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm serious. You, you go through it and you don't really see it. And all of a sudden you're like, wham! And it stops you in your track. And sometimes for me, it takes me a while to cycle out of it because you, you put your worth and, and a whole bunch of stuff and you start to circle the bowl. And so now what I'm thinking more than anything is the circling the bowl is got more to do with the seasonality than I ever thought it had because I realized just this moment that it's that February again. And this February lasted through March. Mm-hmm. I I think that cycles are helpful, like understanding what's seasonal, understanding what's just typical 28-day female cycling stuff is helpful. I had somebody email me the other day and say, I can't figure out why I'm thinking about this again. Like, neither can I. Are you PMSing? Yes. Oh. There you go. Super, 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 like two years in. So... Whatever the hormones are doing, I have no idea. They're now completely unexpected. Wasn't going to say this on a recorded call, but it's just, it's ludicrous. It's the crazy-making time. We should be having a conversation about, well, I don't know how old everyone else in the group is, but the menopause and the hormones, that's crazy-making. Well, and then then it gets to be... You know, how do we get through, we probably should have done week three because week three deals with a lot of this. Like, how do we get through whatever it is, whether it's vibrational whiplash, whether it's hormones, whether it's legitimately the world is coming to an end. Like, what are the coping tools for feeling your feelings without, and maybe even understanding them without creating too much of a story around it? Um But sometimes the story is helpful. I think the story is helpful as long as it's empowering as opposed to the story is not helpful when it makes you feel worse for telling the story. So when I hit the shit this week, I felt empowered by saying, oh, this is vibration whiplash. That's good. At least I know. As 
I mean, there we know the difference between an empowering narrative and a non-empowering narrative. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, I mean, what are your coping tools when you hit the shits, whether it's vibration re or vibration whiplash or hormones or whatever? I mean, what are the coping tools that you can pull out and use immediately that work for you on the spot so that you don't feel like you're constantly in some sort of a starting over place? So falling well, off the wagon is more like tripping rather than getting run over. Well, that's the thing is sometimes they're longer cycles than others. If mm-hmm. I can just remember from other people, you know, and I usually look to other people for the reminder, because the reality is we rely on the circumstance to shift to fix the vibe. Instead of thinking about being able to shift it ourselves because it is just a moment in time which is changing like surf and sand, right? So mm-hmm. it's just a memory that it's not permanent. You can change it. And sometimes you just should, right? So right. I think that's what, I mean, stating the obvious, but I don't think people think about it a lot. I mean, Abraham talked about leading-edge creators. What does it mean to be on the leading edge? And what it means to be on the leading edge is that your circumstances are following you. You're out on the edge, and you decide how you want to feel and how you want to be, and you're perfectly content to let the rest of it catch up with you. You're mm-hmm. You're literally leading your reality. That's that's where that edge is. And that is a tall order when you feel like you're... That can be a really tall order. I don't know. Nikki, how about you? Well, you know, this is interesting. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, Martha Beck had written a blog post. I mean, she didn't call it vibrational whiplash, but she had talked about, um, you know, you're on a threshold of change when everything's like, you know, you made like the conscious, conscious efforts, whatever you want to call it, to uh, initiate change and everything's going along smoothly and then all of a sudden you have like a repeat of the situation. And um, so she says, you know, you, you know you're right on that threshold of change, of permanent change. It's always used as a guideline that, okay, something within me and him being confronted with this issue, situation, person, whatever, again. So, uh I can go ahead and make that change by just sticking with, you know, just these these goals or whatever that I have. And so that's been helpful as far as, like, how does it slide in my personal life or professional life? You know, I've been doing uh, web design classes, and uh, I'm just not getting the JavaScript, which is, like, really logical, and it's just very left brain, and i just just not able to do it. And so, you know, instead of, you know, before when I was doing this, you know, I would be frustrated, I'd get upset, why am I not getting it, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, this time around, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to try to strengthen a weakness, which is just not me, you know, my, my skills design and color and composition, so I'm going to just strengthen those. And so that's how I decided to go about go about it this time around. So that's like an that. example, just recent example. You know, there's a scientific explanation for that that thing that you just talked about in the Martha Beck article where you set out to make a change and then something happens that makes you feel like your change didn't complete or like you're stuck right. with this thing again. And I'm not going to describe this very well I, because it takes it's more than a 15-minute conversation. But basically, I mean, the, the field gets input 
So you set an intention that you're going to make this change, and you fuel that intention with whatever, your actions, your behavior, your focus, whatever. And at some point before the shift can actually happen, the field will wrap back around and double-check the data. It literally wants to make sure that the input that it's getting is accurate. So okay. it, gives, it, it will take a second pass at you. So you're throwing your intention in there, and you've, you've created a disturbance in the force, literally, but the field can't actually respond until you've confirmed. So there right. literally is a confirmation step you have to confirm. And the easiest way to confirm, I think, is identity shifting. But in that respect, I mean, Martha's right. I mean, when you have set a strong intention for change and you get that opportunity where that change is smacking you back in the face again, mm-hmm. that means that the field is trying to confirm that the new input is accurate, that you're really going to okay. choose the change you chose. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've also heard that in access consciousness somewhere too. Something about it's like a little spiral and something about, you know, things come around and, um, you know, things can finally complete. Things become full circle once, you know, you initiate and, and I don't want to say pass a pass, but you, you hold steady and then it finally, you know, completes itself. The circuit completes itself. It is. It is a matter of shifting that energy. It's kind of getting to that 51%. So like, I think about it in terms of boundaries all the time. It's really great mm-hmm. for me to say I have personal relationship boundaries. I can talk about my boundaries, but until I have the opportunity to enforce that boundary, we don't really know if it exists. Oh, I see. Nobody mm-hmm. knows. But once, once I press confirm, then that boundary is a real thing. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's deep, Lisa. I think I'm going to need, like, another week of that <laughs> for sure. Leah, were you saying something? Nope. Nope. And I think that that is an important thing to remember in terms of why vibrational whiplash might happen, why we might get hit with sort of the down days when, we're in, when we've been on such a positive trajectory. Everything's been so great. I feel great. I've been doing great. I've been so productive and life is wonderful. And then, holy shit, like that trajectory was really working. The trajectory is actually creating a disturbance in the physical force that we create our realities with. But the, the field itself has to confirm the new data. And that's our opportunity to step up to the new identities that we're trying to shift to. And it gives us an opportunity not to. I mean, you either break the set point there or you don't bust through that set point one way or the other. But that's all it is, is an opportunity to reinforce in the field what you've been trying to project, which probably is trying to project up until the time that you've had an opportunity to reinforce it. Right, right, right. See. Leah, do you have any thoughts on that? Nope. So it's, sometimes it's just easier said than done. I think it's we forget that we should be somewhat gentle to ourselves and just keep in mind that things will shift. And or you got to look at the limiting belief about why it's not shifting too. Because I think if I had done that, I could have gotten out of it faster. I think there needs to be like a toolkit, if you will, a little reminder toolkit. When you suck, or when it sucks, go to this place and remember to do these seven things. Right. Sacred oh, my God, I should build an app for that. 
I was thinking the same thing, Lisa. I was totally thinking the same thing. You know what? You guys can have the idea. I only want a couple of points, okay? A couple of points per buck. Yeah, I want some kind of residual. I can style it for you. I can design it for you. Perfect. Okay. You do it. My idea. You write it, Lisa, and we'll all share the profit. I like it. Yeah. All right, so this week, we like I said, we're going to repeat. We're going to do week two again. So for those of you who are missing and listening in the archives, we are repeating week number two, which is the morning, nailing your morning routine so that you are pre-aligning with good things during your day, your cover story with your pocket litter clues that will happen next week, and the stopping the voyeurism. Frankly, I probably need a week on these things myself because Lord knows I'm having social media voyeurism withdrawals right now. I'll feel stronger talking about it next week. Um, and if you want to cruise ahead a little bit and read week three materials, go ahead. Because I think it's helpful in the framework of the conversation that we're having right now. Some tools mm-hmm. with how to be gentle with yourself if you're kind of in the shit so you put some flash. Um mm-hmm. And some explanation about what emotional shit bombs are mm-hmm. um, and how to diffuse your emotional shit bombs. So that stuff is in there, but we will reconvene and we address all of that next week because my goal this time around is to make sure that everybody's actually moving through the material and I think that this is a good place to put a tiny pause on it. Perfect. I'll put a star next to cover story and pocket litter. And uh, I'll have something done. You can feel free to hold me accountable by uh, by Friday if you don't see something, okay. okay? Sounds excellent. Will do. All right. Big love, you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.